welcome to our podcast, Parenting by the Pint. Enjoy the show! Welcome back. This is Parenting by the Pint with Lauren and Kara, and we have a special guest tonight, Brandon, my husband. Uh, We are two suburban Chicago moms and dads tonight, Um, five kids amongst us talking about beer, typically, and parenting. We're going to have a little bit of a departure from the beer today, and we're going to talk about bourbon, scotch, and beer. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I our parenting topic was inspired by my recent Costco trip. Um, in light of recent events, Costco has become an insane place to go. <laughs> um, but I was there because I needed toilet paper, like a normal person who doesn't buy it until they run out. So we were literally at the last roll in each bathroom, and I go in, and they're literally, you know, people are like punching each other like they're crying to get the Cabbage Patch doll and stuff like that. Yeah, like Black Friday for for toilet paper. Exactly, of course. I mean, naturally, that's how normal humans behave. (laughs) Oh, for sure. So I go into the back of the store, and all they have is like the cheapest crappiest toilet paper that's all that's left it's like the one ply Mm. garbage toilet paper but i need it so i pick it up and i bring it home along with some other stuff and i'm unloading the car and my husband walks up to me as he's helping me unload and he's just like what is this and i was just (laughs) like it's all they had i had to buy it we don't have any toilet (laughs) paper we'll just make the children use it (laughs) i'm sorry and he was just like oh okay whatever i get it so today, a few days later, he goes back to Costco to fill the car with gas, which I would never do because I'm lazy, <laughs> and picks up a few things. And one of those things is another package of toilet paper. And he says that to me. I bought another package of toilet paper. And I go, oh, did you buy the good stuff or you know, that they only have the junk? And he was like, of course I bought the good stuff. I'm not an animal, Kara. <laughs> and I was just like, whoa. Yeah, no, that felt a little like an attack, I think. A little personal i i guess he really feels very strongly about the toilet paper issue so i'll pe- i'll try to be more mindful in the future maybe make the trip to costco before we get to like the very end defcon 10 of our uh, current situation too that's not right. your fault i mean On a normal day they would have lots of toilet paper well and i would gladly steal toilet paper from my job but <laughs> like it's my business so stealing from myself seems kind yeah, of yeah no counterproductive (laughs) and wrong so i'm not going to do that so anyway this whole situation just inspired me to suggest that we talk about illness tonight Mm -hmm. and we're not going to talk about that illness we're just going to talk about our experiences with our kids when they've gotten sick and kind of the the funny crazy silly little stories that have come out of that and at the same time we're going to drink a bunch of stuff I've never had before. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little bit about bourbon first. I'm going to give a little history about the bourbon we're going to try, and then Brandon is going to instruct us in the proper way to drink whiskey in general. Um, So we're going to start with an Angel's Envy. So this is a bourbon. So in order to be a bourbon, it's from Kentucky. This one's from Louisville, Um, and it is aged in port barrels. Angel's Envy has an incredibly interesting history. It's a newer company. The first barrel that they distilled, I think, was actually not opened until 2016. But the the owner of the company um, is the son of 
someone who was actually one of the inaugural members of the Kentucky Bourbon Hall of Fame and has been involved in producing bourbon for many, many years. Um, Lincoln uh, Henderson was his name. He worked at a variety of different companies, but he helped create Woodford Reserve, Gentleman Jack, and he had a little black book of ideas that he passed down to his son and grandson um, that they are now bringing to fruition. So this is one of those ideas that he had in his little black book. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2013 before he could actually see it happen, um, but they're essentially continuing his legacy. So if you're ever in Louisville, Angel's Envy, it's a pretty cool tour, a lot of history to that, and the building actually is an old furniture warehouse or something. Like It's just a pretty cool cool place to see, so uh, definitely recommend it. But anyways, so that's a little bit about Angel's Envy and what we'll be drinking to start with, Brandon. Well, first and foremost, I think I have to say thank you for making me the first official guest on the podcast. This is this is You're quite welcome. an honor. It's a pleasure yeah. to have I mean, you. It's all up all uphill from here. Um, <laughs> I know, right? We're never going to hit this high ever again. <laughs> this is it, you guys. We've peaked. All right, we had all right. Brandon on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, so we picked Angel's Envy. Or I guess I picked Angel's Envy uh, for a couple reasons. One, um, it's a good, it's a better than average bourbon that you can drink just about any time. Uh, this also was one of the only tours where they let you actually try the distiller's beer. So oh. whiskey is, and again, some people will probably not like me for saying this, but whiskey is sort of like distilled beer. They start off very similar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so at, at that particular tour, you're actually allowed to sample the the beer before it gets distilled and turned into this magical, wonderful liquid that's in the bottle here. <laughs> um, so that's so that's what uh, brought us to this Angel's Envy. Um when you taste whiskey, uh, now, <clears throat> in the name of full disclosure, I am just a whiskey aficionado, or, or, or I enjoy it. Appreciate uh, it. I'm, un- I'm an appreciator it, of yes. it. Uh, I am not an expert. Um, but I do know that uh, something called the Kentucky Chew is sort of a must when you're drinking just a straight spirit. Um, so the first thing you want to do is you bring it to your nose, and when you smell it, you want to make sure you keep your mouth open. Breathe it in. Yeah, because if you just breathe through your nose, you're going to get a lot of the alcohol. So you breathe in, and that's going to give you a little bit better idea of what you're actually about to taste. Next thing. <laughs> Kara looks scared. And it's it's not going to taste like nail polish remover. No, no, definitely Fantastic. not. Fantastic. <laughs> this is one of the, doesn't smell like nail polish. This is one of the mild, like the easier it to drink good. bourbons, yeah. in it my opinion. It smells good. Because it my husband strong, but... drinks bourbon, and I typically drink beer, I've had to drink a variety or try a variety of different bourbons, whiskeys in general. I'm sure he's going to say the same thing about beer, though. I'm sure you've tried a little bit of beer, right? Yeah, I'll try just about any beer. And, and every now and again, I do find one I like. I've just never been bitten by that beer bug that mm-hmm. so many people seem to have been bitten by. This is an important time for me to mention the best way to get into beer, because I learned this in college, and it's very important. If you're trying to get into beer, if you're listening to our podcast because you like parenting conversations, but you don't like beer, this is how you do it. This is the magical formula. You spend about a year <laughs> drinking just Miller High Life, nothing else. 
until you fall in love with it, until you crave it, until you wake up in the morning and all you want is a Miller High Life. And then one day you drink something that is just a few steps above it, like a nice Pilsner. I like to recommend like Victory Prima Pils or even just Pilsner or Cal is great. Just something a few steps up and then you just work your way through from there. And then you'll love beer. So you start at the bottom is what you're telling me. Yes, if you'd like to call Miller High Life the bottom. I think there are people who would argue differently. No, fair, fair. It's just a different, yes. It's So that's the key, Brandon. You're going to have to commit to a solid year of Miller High Life, and then you'll just you'll blossom into a beer lover. You, you know, to tell you the truth, that's actually, and I've never thought about it before this, but that's actually how I got into whiskey. Yeah. Um, uh, not surprising, though, in the simplest sense that you would drink cheap available li- whiskey excuse me and then work your way up right like most people something better jack daniels crown royal is my my drink of choice in my family and i just it was okay um but then after drinking that for so long and then you try that first a little bit better you know it really does open your uh, open your mind to like you know maybe there is some other stuff out there and that you do find that particular lane that you like to stay in the things you like sure Absolutely. Now we have a collection of whiskey in the basement and a collection of beer in the fridge. So. Awesome. <laughs> the best of both. Right? All right. Let's uh, tell us a, anything else I need to know about. Oh, what's the Kentucky Chew? Yeah. So the actual chew, you sort of want to, sort of like that first sip of any alcohol, uh, you have to kind of temper your nerves to the alcohol and, and kind of get to the point where you don't notice that alcohol anymore. So the first sip is very small, kind of roll it around on your tongue, and don't worry as much about the taste so much as you're kind of getting your your mouth used to that you're like coating your palate (laughs) it's a very small sip barely enough to swallow and so that's going to help now on the next sip you'll not notice the alcohol and hopefully be able to appreciate some of the flavors that come through so drink drink more of it this time (laughs) unfortunately yeah for the non-whiskey drinkers a little bit more right yeah yeah <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, right. bring it on, man. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and the second time, for the most part, there'll be a little less burn of the alcohol and a little bit more of the flavors coming through. I do get that. The first flavor, the first taste was mm-hmm. a little bit harsher, even though it was a smaller taste. I totally get that. It's a little more burn the first that time around. That was pretty good. Wow, I love that. Right? When I was a... Uh, a kid and we talked about vacations recently and we went to italy when i was like maybe in junior high high school age um my father took us to our family in italy and every time we stopped at someone's house they would serve my dad a whiskey interesting mostly canadian whiskey actually That's really he interesting. Drank a lot of, he drank a lot of canadian <laughs> club Okay. Um, and is Chivas Regal mm-hmm. Canadian as well? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I recall that. And every time we would stop at a house, they would give my father whiskey. And my father does not drink whiskey at all. And every time he would say, he'd look over at me, and I'm like 14, and he'd be like, there's only one way to do this. You just got to throw it back. Get it over with. I'm going to be drunk by the end of the day, so it won't matter. And he just looked at me like, serious business, just throw it back. It's not uncommon for Canadian whiskeys to be blended a little bit lighter, a little bit more palatable okay. for most people. They gave it to us, I think, because it was a luxury item, and they oh, were trying to, to serve us something finer than just wine that they made themselves. Little did they realize we would have much preferred that. Right. I mean, my well, father loved wine. Yeah. But in Italy, the Canadian whiskey is imported. So yeah. to them, that's a 
more of a delicacy whereas exactly. to us the italian wine is right. really no, what we were, we were just looking like, no, really, for just pour no, it out really. of the bucket yeah, in your we'll garage just take it. this is great yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is yeah. excellent this is good another thing about starting on whiskeys with a bourbon is <clears throat> excuse me uh they're usually made with uh they have to be like 51 percent corn and oftentimes corn in the mash bill makes it a little bit sweeter which makes it a little bit more palatable for people. Um, I'm going to be honest. The next one, the Scotch. When we get to that, if you're not it's a not whiskey drinker, taste anything like this. Yeah, it's it, it's all. a whole it, different thing. Are we going downhill? Is this going to be? <clears throat> it's different. It's different. I would say uphill, but it's more complex. We'll say. Okay. It's a much more complex. So tell drink. me what flavors you get from this whiskey. What are you tasting? Because as an amateur. It's hard for me to identify that without somebody maybe pointing it out. You know, in beer, the bottle says, okay, this has vanilla, and it has this type of hops in it, and it has... And then when you taste it, you're, you look for those things, and eventually your palate starts to adjust, and you identify those things without the beer telling you that's what's in it. But in this case, for me, it's hard for me to be like, oh, yes, I can taste XYZ flavor in this. I think the two big ones for me, especially on the back end, are vanilla and caramel. Okay. Um, I get caramel. Definitely, I kind of get that sweetness, and there's just that little bit of oakiness. Um, this particular bourbon is finished in a port wine barrel, which also will uh, seems to have a tendency to mellow it down. Another scotch I like, Glenmorangie uh, La Santa, is also aged in port barrels, or finished in port barrels, I should say. Um, and, and so that, that occasionally you get that kind of sweet oakiness that you would you would get from a, a port wine barrel but i really tend towards the sweet flavors in uh in whiskey and bourbons i sure. get a little okay. bit of the like a maple in this one too maybe okay. that's a mix of the caramel and the vanilla actually sure. together it seems mm-hmm. like uh a little bit but um angels envy they do literally only two different types i think of of bourbon one is this that's aged in port barrels and one is the rye which is aged in rum barrels so it'd be a oh. very different taste as well in the beer world, rye barrel-aged beer is actually some of my favorite, um, which is less common, and most people do not prefer it. They prefer just straight bourbon barrel-aged beer. I feel like bourbon gives beer a little bit of a syrupy flavor. Which makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah, it does. It totally makes sense. Um, and so the rye seems to kind of cut that a little bit. You get more of that. I won't say the sting or the heat that you get from like a liquor drink rather than like a beer sip that you mm. would get, but I I appreciate that. Rye personally. is often associated with a spice, uh-huh. you know, a spiciness. Um, people have said cloves and things like that. Uh, I I totally get that. I, I I would say rye is one of those things that when it's good, it's really good, and mm-hmm. most people don't get the good stuff, so they don't really know that they might okay. like it. You, you yes, know I mean? that makes sense. That's understandable. All right, let's kind of move on and talk a little bit about illness in children. Um, I have kind of a specific story I've I've been wanting to share on this topic. Um, My older son, a few months back, started to get a throat infection, and he was pretty low, fever, just not feeling well, just, you know, just having a hard time of it. A couple of days goes by, we take him to the doctor, they take a look at his throat and they're like, oh yeah, it's pretty swollen. They do a strep test, no strep, you know, nothing like, so not an infection. Mm -hmm. Um, Stay home from school a couple of days. 
Uh, and he seems to be getting worse rather than better. So the weekend rolls around, and he is supposed to do his karate belt test mm. on the Saturday. And we've already decided he's not doing it. Mm-hmm. But little brother is going to do it because mm-hmm. he's not sick. Right. And he's in, and to, to reschedule is very complicated, and it costs more money. And both my husband and I were off for it, so one of us was going to take little brother, and one of us was going to stay home with big brother. Mm-hmm. So, but my oldest did not like this. That morning, he wakes up and he is determined. He feels better. He says, mm. "I feel better. Everything is good. I want to do the belt test." He today. wants to go. He yeah. wants to go. He does not want to get stuck at home. Right. Well, he didn't say anything to us until about maybe 45 minutes before we needed to leave for the belt test that he wanted to go. And in the meantime, I had taken his uniform and had sprayed it with like, like shout or something. Cause I had noticed a stain on it and had put it in the wash machine. Mm-hmm. So he is like telling me he wants to go and we have to leave in <laughs> like a half an in hour. Washer. Yeah. And I'm just like, uh, so I like put the spin on and try to immediately get it into the dryer right. so that it's, it might not be clean, but it'll be dry. Yeah. So I do that, and we're literally all just like sitting in front of the dryer waiting for this <laughs> thing, you know, just like watching it's it dry around. enough yeah. for him to wear it. It gets to be about 15 minutes before we need to be there, oh, and geez. it's like 25 minutes away. Oh, no. And we're just like, we gotta go, we gotta go. I grab like my hair dryer. And the uniform, which is still very wet, oh, and we get in the car. <laughs> and I'm sitting in the van, and I'm trying to plug the hairdryer into my van, which does not work. Uh, it immediately faults because hairdryers do that to normal outlets. Right, let alone a vehicle. Uh-huh. And we're driving along. I had found my husband's old martial arts uniform. He did not do karate. He did taekwondo. Okay. But the pants were the same. Mm-hmm. They were... Uh, but him as a child not him as a grown man <laughs> fortunately um, height difference <laughs> and i i was like okay well you can wear these pants they're dry they're clean i found them in the basement they're a little bigger than your pants but they they're a elastic waist so they fit they're fine mm-hmm. okay so we get there and he's just wearing a plain white t-shirt and the karate pants and i go up to the registration desk and i'm like listen i washed his uniform but it's not dry because he wasn't feeling well and we didn't think he was going to come today and he's absolutely dead set on doing this is there somewhere i can plug this hair dryer in to dry this this jacket for him so that he can wear it because he is freaking out that he doesn't have his jacket on and she says he doesn't need the jacket just do the belt test without it's no big deal and he's just like no, no. Yeah. unacceptable. The other kids will make fun of me, which is not what's going to happen. No, but in his head, he needed to no, have the everything uniform. Everything needs to be right. Yeah. Fine. So I'm standing in a classroom in a middle school in Downers Grove, blow drying <laughs> my kid's karate <laughs> uniform so that he can wear it. It gets to be like five minutes before they have to physically go and do the test. And I pick the thing up and I bring it to him. It's still wet. It's still not totally dry. It's dry in places right. at this point, but not dry. He puts it on, does the belt test, does pretty well. Okay. And we go home and he just like collapses. He was sick. He, he just 
wanted sick. to go to karate. And because mm. I'm mom of the year, I put him in a wet uniform <laughs> oh, God. to do his belt test while he was actually quite ill. Two <laughs> days later, we discover he had an abscess on his tonsil and had to get emergency <laughs> surgery. Jeez. It was insane. <laughs> so that's my proud taking care of my child while sick story <laughs> that I got to deal with. The only other thing I'll say about it is eventually he had to have his tonsils removed. Yeah. And we went for the follow-up appointment. And I was going with him. And he was like, why do I need to go back to the doctor? At this point, he'd been to the doctor a million uh, times over times, the span right, of like yeah. two months. He was not, and he did not want to go back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, they got to take a look in there. They got to make sure that the tonsils didn't grow back. <laughs> and he was just like, what? What? Can that happen? Is that, is that true? And I was like, no, it's not true. I can't lie to you because I don't want to, you know, I know you're just going to ask him now, did right. they grow back? <laughs> and he's going to look at me like I'm a crazy person. Mm-hmm. How can I do that? So I immediately recovered from my lie and told him the truth. But I think he still doubts me. I think he's still like <laughs> not 100% sure. Back. I feel I pretty know. bad about that. <laughs> At least from medical advice, he probably won't come to you again. Probably like, yeah, I don't know about this lady. I've burned that bridge, huh? That's yeah. fair. Cool. Possibly well, fair. I'm not a medical professional, so it's for the best. Yeah, you're fine. You're what fine. do I know? Our kids luckily haven't had too many major... They haven't. Well, our oldest had tubes put in his ears, which he probably needs again. Um, Our boys somehow magically seem to get ear infections like crazy with no symptoms. So our oldest currently has a double ear infection, which the only reason we know is because he was acting up at school and then he he happened to pull on his ear. Um, This is my son who's autistic, so he just does not very verbal in terms of telling us what's wrong, things like that. But, I mean, he, he can vocalize some things. But pulling on his ear, yelling, screaming um, at school. And so my husband took him the other day to urgent care. He wasn't running any fever. He w- doesn't have a runny nose. He doesn't have a cough. He doesn't have a cold. But double ear infection. And then our... Oof. Yeah, fun, right? Oof. And antibiotics with kids is always fun. Oh, uh, yeah. That was another, like, aftermath issue. Between when he had the abscess drained, he had to be on really strong antibiotics mm. for, Ugh, like, a that's week. That's not fun. And it was three doses a day, and it was a huge amount of this liquid medicine. Yeah. And when I went to pick it up at the pharmacy, I was like, can you flavor it? And they were like, well, yeah, we can flavor it. Here, let me show you this chart. And she pulls out this chart. It's literally called the Wheel of Yuck. Oh, my god! That's what it's called. So if you ever go to the pharmacy just for fun, ask, ask for the for Wheel, the wheel of, of Yuck. It's fun. <laughs> and she's like, so there's one yuck, and then there's two yucks, and then there's or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm going to ask. You should ask absolutely. Time, I kind of want to buy one. Right? Just like, to have it To the have house. it myself. Yeah. <laughs> and... His medicine was one yuck, oh. and she was like, so we'll flavor it additionally, but it's, it's not, not that so bad. bad. And unfortunately, what we discovered is that it was way over-flavored, oh. and he hated the flavoring. Oh. And it was a battle three times a day oh. for six days. It was just like... Yeah, no. He would beg us not to give him the medicine. Yeah, don't please don't make me do this, please. We would oh. mix it and stuff. I mixed it in an orange Fanta one time, mm-hmm. and we put it... He wanted that. I, Brandon's making a face. 
Uh, sounds awful. It does sound really bad, right? That's what he he wanted. That, hey, so yeah. I was like, oh, all right. So you know, because he has to take the whole dose, it's like you know an inch of medicine and like a half an inch of orange fanta like i'm not going to give him a whole can of fanta yeah yeah because i don't want him to not finish it right so um he like starts to drink it and then eventually accidentally flips it off the table and it shoots (gasps) and sprays all over the ceiling in my kitchen and i cleaned it up but it's there forever. Yeah. I scrubbed my ceiling. Oh. And it's really hard to scrub your ceiling, by the way, no matter how close you get oh, to for it. Sure. Because, because it's not a natural position for your body yeah, to be Yeah, you're in. at this weird angle. Like, even if you think about painting a ceiling. Like, it, yeah, no. I get it. Was it was not. I was just so mad. And the poor sick kid, again, mom of the year, poor sick kid is just, like, laying on the couch while I'm, like, yelling at him because he didn't take the full dose and right. half of it's on the ceiling. On the ceiling. Oh, and he's just like... It's so yucky. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. in conclusion, I don't handle kid illness very well. <laughs> I think that's pretty much the moral of the story for me. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we won't have to deal much with that. Um, yeah. I think we look at it a little bit different. You know, being a... I'm a paramedic by trade, so... Yeah. I think that, like most health care providers, I'm much less likely to take my kids to the hospital to the doctor right you know because for the most part we as you know people in the healthcare field we have an idea of what's going on we have an idea of what they're going to get so i think we probably handle as much at home as we can yeah fair the only the other time that our youngest son had again a double ear infection again he had no fever no symptoms The only reason we knew was because we kept yelling and he did not hear us. Like, like, hey, go clean up this. Go get your shoes on. And he literally didn't even turn his head, which he's not one to ignore us. Like, he's five. He generally listens. Like, he's not at that age that he's just going to be completely defiant. But he literally couldn't hear us. And we're like, we need to take him to the doctor. Yeah. Because he can't hear. But other than that, no fever, no nothing. Like, doesn't present any other symptoms. Oh, man. So, you know, eh, fun time in our household. But. Yeah. All right. let's, uh, Let's move on to our scotch. Um, this is a, a fun scotch. This is from Lagavulin. It's Nick Offerman's uh, edition of this single malt scotch. Uh, Lagavulin is the complete opposite of Angel's Envy. Lagavulin started back in like 1816 officially, um, but they said that. Uh, Illegally, there were probably at least ten stills of distilled spirits around that Lagavulin Bay in the Isle of Islay, Scotland, from dating back to like 1742. So this place has been around for a very, very, very long time. Um, so this is Scotch. Yeah. So a, a, a little bit again. I'm not an expert, but uh, you know, just like champagne, Scotch, you know, is whiskey that has it come from Scotland. Uh, there are different areas of Scotland that the uh, way that they age the scotch uh, has an impact on the flavor. That's uh, the Islay. This is a single malt scotch. Uh, single meaning single distillery, so it comes from one place. It's not blended with you know any other whiskey. Uh, it's it's single 
meaning that. And then malt, meaning it's made only from malted barley. So your Angel's Envy has a mash bill that's going to have some other grains, cereal grains. Uh, this one is just going to be malted barley. Cereal grains makes it like beer. Side note. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So this is 11 years old. Uh, we picked this one. Nick Offram, he's a local boys from uh, just down the road a little bit in Manuka, I think. Yeah, he mm-hmm. went to U of I. I yeah, didn't U of I know grad. that. Yeah. So, Good for him. Like I said, a little bit more complex. It kind of smells like a wood shop, to be it honest with you. It smells totally like a wood shop. This is the, the rainy day sitting and sipping. This is not something you would mix, not something you would drink. You just sip it real slow. And just like, I guess just like beers, scotch can take on a ton of different flavors, a ton of different characteristics. And, you know, I, I, I like this one partially because it's uniqueness. So you do that open mouth. All right, let's do this taste thing again. You get a little bit Same of the peat. Same gig where I take a small sip and then work my way up. Yep, roll yeah. it around. So mm-hmm. I definitely smell the peatiness. peatiness. You get a little bit of that wood. I never say that when I'm talking about beer. I never like... <laughs> Other than scotch, you you're probably not going to say it. I can't do, do scotch. Do you get that wood <laughs> shop smell? No, it beer does not smell like, like a, a wood, wood shop. You know what beer smells like? Fresh cut grass. <laughs> Beer smells like maybe it reminds you of a that. milkshake. Mm. Sometimes beer smells like <laughs> this. Smells like a wood shop. Gloriousness. Oh. Let's sorry. Let's hit it. You get that smokiness too. It tastes literally like I'm walking into like I'm I'm chewing on wood chips is what it tastes like to me. <laughs> like I can't do I it. I only get the smell of wood. I, de- I don't. I definitely don't taste it. But it's that dark and stormy, smoky feeling that... Oh, I do get smoky. Warms you all I'm the way down to your I'm going to blow you away and tell you that I like this more than the bourbon. Oh, my gosh. It's so much... It seems so much more complex to me. Oh, it, so it is. so much more going it on is. here. It's much more I complex. I mean, it is shocking, the flavor. <laughs> I'm right? going to go ahead and say that. Sorry. I'm just like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you poured me like a quarter of an inch... This is way too much. I mean, I, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can drink that Somebody bourbon. Just made. Ugh, I cannot do this. I can't do the scotch. But scotch is not my thing. I, I, I will drink bourbons, but no, I like this much more. Well, I mean, that's good though. That's scotch. it is very complex. Scotchy scotch scotch. Scotch scotch scotch. Speaking of illness, this is my go-to when I'm sick. Really? Is a little bit of scotch or maybe a hot toddy. Okay. And. Actually, there are some, just like we had medical marijuana for some time, um, like Buffalo Trace uh, bourbon, they were able to stay open during Prohibition uh, as a maker of medicine, effectively. Yeah, they were one of Hmm. only a couple, one of one or two, I think, that stayed open through Prohibition. They're out of Kentucky Hmm. um, because they were making medicinal spirits. Yeah, so... um, yeah, I mean, I'm interesting that you. Man, yeah, I like it. There's very yeah. little burn for a whiskey. Yeah, that's you know, true. For that's a Scotch true. whiskey, Man. there's just not a lot of burn. You the flavor is a bit overwhelming, though. The aftertaste, like breathing it in, like now that I've had it and it's been mm-hmm. 30 seconds since my last drink, it's just like 
Wait, and you'll actually, you'll continue to taste the scotch for Mm. quite a while after you stop drinking it. Like, it's got a a lot of life still in it. Um, I always joke that I like the smell of it more than the taste of it. Like, I could see myself sitting in a big leather chair in a library reading a book by a fire, just literally with a glass in my hand just sniffing it like, the bourbon not the scotch though. well yeah mostly the bourbon but the glenmorangie doesn't smell bad so but some sort of whiskey scotch concoction i would more likely smell it than i would drink it so <laughs> yeah that was uh I am very happy that we did that. That I was a new adventure. Yeah, for me. I'm really I'm, surprised. I have to be honest. It's, I know. I am just that's pretty pleased, cool. man. Well, good. This is the the whiskey you get to after. This is ten ten oh. or so whiskeys yeah, down the line. Jumped, so you, like, you yeah, jumped, like you jumped. Oh man, that's, a, that's a problem, man. That's <laughs> I'm <great>. impressed. <laughs> I am impressed. How much is that bottle? Uh, Eighty bucks. Anywhere between eighty and hundred. Yeah. Okay. This particular okay. one is more of a limited edition because it's the Nick Offerman, but okay. I more recently I, I saw it almost one hundred and fifteen. I think. Okay. Well, okay. I paid eighty bucks, but go Kenwood. Um. <laughs> go Kenwood. Shout out. All right. Um. Well, so, let's give our beer since we're talking yeah, no, about it's beer taste like and parenting. But I'm excited about it. This, I think in yeah. retrospect we should have probably worked our way up instead of down when it comes to strength. But oh, fair, fair. Well, but you know that's, that's all okay. Right. This is so. This is Blue Island Beer Company. Um, it's actually a relatively new. Um, I think they opened in around 2015. Um, I think they're actually the first brewing company to open in Blue Island since the Prohibition. There were a bunch Ooh. there prior to. Um, and they obviously have tap houses and things like that, but I think they're the first brewing company. Now, when I first tried to look this up, I found the Blue Island Brewing Company, which is actually a brewing company that was open for like four years from like 1898 to 1902, which is not what I was looking for, but this is the Blue Island Beer Company. So we're drinking a barrel-aged rye Barley wine. Barley wine. A bourbon barrel aged rye mm. barley wine. All right, that's it's called a Lost Weekend. I know. It's a mouthful for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, it smells good. Yeah. Um, I've had this a couple of times before, so I'm not new to this one. This is my first time having it. Yeah. It was a favorite. I am a fan of barley wines. Every once in a while, I forget about barley wines. Mm-hmm. And then my husband will bring one home and I'm just like, oh yeah, barley wine, yeah. I, I like them too. Not all the time, but I th- I feel like it's a, it's a little bit more of a departure from a regular beer that I would drink. It's not like an IPA. It's not like a stout. Like It is like a stout, but it's it's got a different fla- flavor to it, a different taste um, to it. Yeah. But I like the smell a lot of smells this Smells good. Um, you know, I mean... Geez, that's scotch. Um, <laughs> See, it sticks with you. <laughs> it's killing my lost weekend vibe. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just... Actually, I think I should pour some scotch into this. Um, <laughs> I have to drive home, you guys. Stop it. <laughs> I'm really How picking do you, up the, Brennan, like this one? I'm really picking up the, the rye. That's really mm-hmm. all I can smell mm-hmm. is, is just the rye. It... it, it Almost reminds me of opening a loaf of rye bread, to be honest with you. It's so strong, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. um, You know, I like barley wines because unlike 
Russian Imperials or oatmeal stouts or other things that end up being barrel aged most commonly. Um, you know, you get a little bit of that, the sweeter, lighter taste. They're not quite so thick and heavy. The body of them is a little bit, you know, it's a little lighter body. Um, I think they're smoother to drink. Um, and when they're bourbon barrel aged, I feel like that, that syrupy doesn't hit as hard. And maybe it's because Russian Imperials and oatmeal stouts are already syrupy a little bit. Yeah, they already so then have you that put thick... them in the bourbon barrel and they're, they're going to pull a little bit more of it out. Yeah. This is actually, so talking about the brewing and aging process, this starts as a barley wine that's made with 30% rye malt which is part of the rye, which is why you probably taste more of the rye. And then it's aged in bourbon barrels right. as well. So it's it's got a lot. That's probably why it's got that rye well, flavor. Especially to it. if it came out to you in the smell of it. Yeah. I mean, for sure, because mm-hmm. rye malt is definitely going to affect the aroma quite mm-hmm. a bit. It really is smooth. I, I have very limited experience with barley wines, but I really appreciate how smooth and easy it is to drink. Like it, it really is something I feel like I could just sit and sip all, you know, all day on a weekend. I feel like a barley wine is more your style of beer, <laughs> something that your uh, your bourbon tastes can better handle than some of the other <laughs> different classifications, different types of beer yeah, styles. Definitely, yeah. We picked that for that reason. I figured a barley wine would be maybe a bit more up your alley mm-hmm. in the beer world. So. Yeah, agreed. But this is fantastic, and I'm really glad we got a chance to drink it. We'll definitely make an attempt to feature uh, Blue Island Beer Company again soon. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got some other stuff I would love to share with you. Um, For sure. But we're going to wrap it up. So you remember we're Parenting by the Pint, and uh, if you have a chance to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram, that would be great. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss anything from us because we're just churning them out. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thank you.